Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeonal Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple of goalies that taken one too many pucks to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So uh, on this podcast, Steve, we have none other than our special guest, the ex-goaltender for the Fresno Monsters, Fabian Pizzera. Fabian, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks guys for having me. Uh, I tell you what, it, it's been a crazy off-season for you. I know you got a lot of things moving on. And Steve, I know you're taking a little bit of a break here to, to jump on with us, so we appreciate that. So, gentlemen, how is life? I'll let Fabian jump on this first, because I'm anxious to hear it. <laughs> Sound good. I mean, life is going good. I'm enjoying my last few weeks uh, in the States before I head back home for uh, off-season and uh, obviously trying to finalize everything, what's going to happen for next year. So I'm excited for, for whatever comes next. I know I have a lot of people supporting my way um, and pushing for me back home as well. Uh, so we'll see what's what's going to happen. No, it's it's going to be exciting because I know you have you definitely been getting hits from uh, D1 and D3 programs in the U.S., but uh, there's also the opportunity to head back to Europe and and have some pretty big options there. So uh, we're going to be excited to see where you move forward with all of this. And uh, hopefully, if I'm still living in Europe at that point, I can catch games. I tell you what, if you as a European move back to Europe and me as a North American move back to North America at the same time, that's just gonna that's just gonna be frustrating, Fabian. Oh, I'm uh, if you're if you're still there, tickets for the first game are on me. Uh, I'll, tickets I'll, for the I'll first game that. should be on us and like be on you anyways. Like we'll try to find a way. <laughs> Steve, you ready to go to Austria for his first ever program if he makes? Oh uh, yeah, twist 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 my arm. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not the plane oh, tickets. Shit, we have how to about fly the to game Austria? Tickets? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Save, save the plane fare, my friend. That uh, <laughs> well, do, you you can cover plane fare when you hit the end, okay, bud? Yeah. Sound good. Sound good. I'll do that. No, the whole the whole process is pretty exciting to see how how teams go about it, how they reach out to you. I've had a couple of colleges reach out and uh, talk with them, so it's pretty exciting um, seeing the whole process. Also with the clubs back home. Um, being back home would be amazing for me. So would give me the opportunity to be with my family for the first time in the last five years, I'd say so. So I wouldn't complain about that either. Uh, going pro, obviously, is, is the dream of every kid growing up. You're mentioning going pro back here in Europe. And that, that's got to be an exciting prospect because it's there's a lot of leagues here in Europe and it's exciting to watch and uh, I know listeners have seen us cover the CHL in the past and the, the top teams out of European leagues end up in the CHL and they all compete for the CHL championship, which means a lot of money. Being able to be able to play pro back here in, in Europe would, like you said, open a lot of doors in terms of Europe, uh, allow you to be home here with family, which, like you said, five years. That's a long time of being away from not only family, but friends, which we all know friends basically become family, if not closer than uh, the friends we grew up with. 
And I know you made a lot of friends there, not only while you were with the Utah Outliers, but with the Lake Tahoe Lakers and the Fresno Monsters. And to be able to be back in Austria playing pro hockey with likely a team you grew up watching, if that was the case, like if you choose to go that route rather than the uh, North American college route, what would that mean to you to be able to play pro hockey with, um, again, I know we're talking probably various different pro teams uh, in the region, but what would that mean to you to not only be able to play pro hockey back in your, you know, your, basically your home region, but to do that with family and friends watching on? Yeah, I mean, it probably would be pretty emotional, not going to lie. I've, especially my friends, they've been with me through this whole thing, not getting pissed at me if I don't text them for a week or two and then then reach back out to them see how they've been doing and i had i've had their support all along the road and for my family to see me obviously is is a big thing for me Uh, my dad unfortunately has not had the chance to come see me play this year he did come uh visit me in fresno for the uh vegas uh weekend so that was pretty pretty nice and uh, cool for me to see him here, uh, watch me practice, watch me be dressed on game days and just see how everything works out. But he just has not had the chance to see me in action for such a long time. And uh, obviously in general family and playing with and against a lot of people that I grew up with, playing with and against it would be would be pretty cool, and uh, I'd be pretty excited for that, not going to lie. Yeah, because you mentioned that, because I know that uh, I was talking to one of the parents out of them. Um, I talk with a lot of your parents, so thank all of you for reaching out. Uh, I usually get literally, I think the first two hours of my morning when I woke up at 6 this morning was spent going back and forth with different players and parents. But in particular, there was a parent out of Sweden, and they're, they're – Goalie was playing in the USPHL West, one of the 18 teams, and uh, was talking about being able to finally come out there and see his son play for the team and hoping that, you know, he's like, I know my son isn't a starter, but I'm really hoping that he gets at least a game. And his son got a half a game because he was called in when the other goalie underperformed that game. And I can't even say underperformed. Um, the team underperformed in front of him. I thought he played a fine game, but I don't know. The, for lack of a better word, the team played like ass in front of him for the first half of the game. So fortunately, that was good for his son because his son got to get called into the game and actually put up a hell of a performance because I think that shook the team up uh, to have the initial starter pulled. Um, but that was good because he flew across the world to see his son play and at least got a half game out of it. So, and it's tough. And I think for you listeners out there, um, there's a ton of you North American listeners and it is tough to fly across the continent or or drive that 15 hours to, to see your child finally play a game. But it is a different level to fly across the world, go across the pond, go through all the, the, the processes to go through passport control and all that to hopefully hopefully see your kid play a game and sometimes it doesn't work out um, because the team isn't going to put your kid in just because you flew in uh it, it's team first and it, as it should be but uh 
But the fact that your dad got to come out there to Fresno and at least see you suit up for games and, and get those practices in was was still important because it's a sacrifice for not only you to leave your family behind, but it's a sacrifice for your parents, your friends, your siblings to lose you for a yeah, period of time, whether that be. That. Yeah. And, and it's tough because those that isn't time you get back. No, definitely not. That's why it was so uh, special for me that my dad. Dad uh, flew all the way from Austria. My sister flew in from Utah because they they knew I wasn't going to get any playing time. They were aware of that because that was just my role coming into Fresno, uh, backing up Ethan Jordan. And he had an amazing season, an amazing postseason too. Uh, he kept us in those games as long as he could. So that was pretty special for me that my dad still decided to fly in on short notice. I think the, the whole round trip was booked within two days. Wow. And... For him knowing that I wasn't going to get any playing time, but still showing up, uh, traveling. I think he had a 23-hour travel time. We we just spent some times in Fresno after and before. I think they were here for, for a solid week. So that was pretty special to me. We ended up actually also going to San Jose to go watch uh, Minnesota play them. See, see Flory for the first time in my life, which was cool too. And sharing that with my That's dad that, that supported me. My whole life watching the goalie that got me into into the position was pretty special to me. So I'll I'll forever be grateful for those for those few days. So that's for sure. Well, I tell you what, that that sounds awesome. And Mark Andre, I know some of your friends probably listen to this. Reach out, maybe we can get you on a podcast. You and Fabian can chat here. But uh, like we, we love Flower Power on this podcast. Maybe not Steve. Steve's like a Habs fan through and through. Like. Oh, come Pittsburgh. on, I'm a I'm a Tendy fan. Let's not even go there. Dirty <laughs> oh, I got, fan. Trust me, trust me. Flower Flower handed me the short end of the stick. Ethan and me, we both showed up and we both were young little fanboys with with signs showed up and unfortunately two guys had to share one puck. Ethan got the longer end of the stick, so he has that sitting in his room somewhere. Um, but two yeah, no, it was all net. good. Exactly. It, it, that's that's exactly it. Hey, so Fabian, uh, so uh, I'm a little ridiculous when it comes to uh, hockey games. What? I yeah, I uh, <laughs> when Mon- the Montreal Canadiens, when I was living in Montreal, when they made the the, the playoffs in 2008, um, I shaved my head bald, so I painted my whole <laughs> head, and I'm your typical you know superstitious goalie, right? So uh, Steve. You know, when they, <laughs> Steve, did you shave your head bald, or did all your hair just fall out? <laughs> oh, don't even start. God, you're 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 turning into a Flyers fan, buddy. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, you can call me a lot of things, but don't call me a Flyers fan. I, I will be a gritty fan, gritty through and through. Like I'm a gritty fan. So, so anyway, so I, I did that for the whole playoffs until they were eliminated. But when the boys came to town, when I first moved to Arizona, um, I dressed up as Chewbacca as the team was walking on over. So the old arena they played in in Glendale, there was a hotel literally right next door to it. Like it's a two minute walk across from the lobby into the arena. So I sat out there in the ridiculous Arizona temps. Thankfully it was cloudy, not sunny as I would have pretty much died and watched the guys come walking on over. Uh, Carrie Price, who has the best poker face in the world. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, he had his Movember mustache going on. And you could see his lip twitching because he wanted to crack up, right? Because who expected this, like, little miniature Chewbacca standing outside? 
Uh, Peter Budai, though, one of my fave all-time goaltenders, he saw me and yelled, I need a picture with this guy. So no way. I, got, I, got a, I got a picture with almost all the Habs because they loved it. But then I was sitting behind the bench for that game. And then halfway through the first period, a puck got chipped on over. Budai caught it. And I started yelling over, Budai, Budai, give Chewy the puck. And he started cracking up and he made sure that the puck got over to me. So I totally understand the whole fanboy thing because I was losing my <laughs> mind. I still have that puck. And it's actually right behind me <laughs> as we're talking. And that was like one of the coolest things because now I've got the story to go along with the puck. So exactly. at least, you know, one of your buddies got the puck beside you, right? So it, you're oh, part exactly. of that story. I, but it's so cool. I know like, Ethan is as much of a flower fan as I am, so I'm not even mad about it. Seg- segging into that, though, uh, Fabian, because we were talking about, you know, goaltending differences in height. Like, we always have these great conversations, just so everybody knows, before the podcast even starts. And then we realize we should be recording this stuff. But – you know, I, I commented before on, and I think you were on that podcast, Fabian, you know, how Marc-Andre Fleury changed his style of play because he was on the rapid decline just because he was a butterfly-only goalie. And, you know, I, I, I that was probably, I want to say about eight years ago, you know, when he was just finishing off with, or, you know, with, with the Pittsburgh Penguins still, you know, is when all this was going on. And then the next season, he was just standing up more. You know, he just stood up. And when I watched him play, it was amazing. He was playing the Coyotes when he was with the uh, Golden Knights. And as they were, the Coyotes were entering the zone and they ripped a shot. Fleury didn't even move. He just stood there because he knew they were going to try to go high shoulder on him. And it just took it right in his shoulder. And I was like, geez, you know, he is, <laughs> you know, he completely switched his game on over you know, to adapt to the fact that players had pegged them, they were going to shoot for his shoulders every time they went down into the butterfly. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, for you, um, it kind of plays into that. But my question for you, though, Fabian, to tie into this a little bit is, did you notice a big difference adjusting to North American ice as opposed to the larger European ice surfaces? Uh, yes and no, I'd say. Um, in some areas, I, I did prefer coming over to the small ice. Lateral movements were a lot easier all of a sudden, but just the angle play is a lot different. I can just feel like going home every year and being back on the ice back home in the summer, it's a big adjustment. The first the first few practices, uh, my angles are a little bit off most of the time, but as soon as I have it back, Obviously, I played I played on that ice for about 10 years, so it doesn't take me too long to readjust. But it definitely is a little bit easier for me to to adjust to the to the smaller ice, just because angle play is so much easier. It is so much easier back home with the wide ice. It's so tough sometimes to find the right angle, but as soon as I'm back into it, it's not too bad. And that's interesting because it's opposite for, you know, uh, forwards and defenders, right? Because one of the biggest things is I saw it this year with Slavkovsky coming over the Canadians, right? Uh, Cock and Emmy had the same problem initially was just a smaller ice and a lot less time on the puck. So it's interesting that it's sort of flipped for the goaltenders, right? That, you know, for you, it seemed a little bit easier because you had less ice to worry about with angles. So yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously for for players, it's a lot tougher. Like you said, they have a lot less time with the puck. They gotta have quicker decision makings. So it's it's a switch for sure. But 
if you think about it, if you come over here as a player from Europe to juniors in America, you play here a couple of years and then all of a sudden you go back home and play pro. Now you have so much time. Now your brain is so much quicker than everyone else's that you're on the ice with. Yeah, that's interesting. To interject here, because I know he mentioned like the transition to move into North American ice. You play with the Utah Outliers for a couple seasons, and you would have to face opponents like the Ogden Mustangs and the at that time the Provo uh, Riverblades. Now those were both Olympic size arenas. Did you get a chance to play at either of those arenas when you would play with the Outliers? Yeah, I actually did have the chance to back up in Ogden one time. Uh, at their 10-year anniversary, which was a lot of fun. and uh, I think I was at that game, and I'm trying to – I'm looking at your elite prospects right now because it doesn't show me what game you played, but I, I'm almost completely convinced that pl- the game you played, you played in Ogden. I, I'm convinced, and I could go back to the game because I have hockey TV if we knew uh, the game date was. I never – unfortunately, I never got to play the Mustangs. Uh, it would have been a lot of fun, but you I didn't did play, play – You didn't play in Ogden? I did not play in Ogden, and for yeah. for a fun fact, I did not play one of the Mountain Division teams uh, at all. I played the Anaheim Avalanche back then, uh, two years ago, oh. yeah, uh, in in Provo. So I did play in Provo, but not against the Riverblades. And for a fun fact, I found out this year that uh, referee we had this year, Hill. I played against him in that game. So that was kind of awkward <laughs> talking to him in Tahoe, figuring out that I played I played him two years ago and now he's refing our game. So it was it was a lot of fun, but I did play the Avalanche in Provo, so I had the Olympic size rink there. Then I played the Chicago Cougars at Nationals, which was regular sized, and then the San Diego Sabres last year in uh, at the A court in Utah, which was a uh, small size too. So I had a couple different ranks, but obviously the one in Provo did feel a little bit off at first, but I felt comfortable there. I mean, it was what I was used to uh, to play before I got to the States. So I just felt like home. Thanks for shedding the light on that about the, the ice, because, you know, there is, you know, such a difference in play. Like, you know, when I was watching, again, going back to Cock and the Emmy, there was the excitement because he was playing in a men's league, I, you know, as essentially a minor, and there was all these high expectations for him. But that whole adaptation to the North American game, you know, smaller ice, quicker decision making and, you know, physicality because of the small ice. Right. I'm not saying that European leagues aren't physical, but you have a lot more ice to move a puck. Right. For guys to close the gap. So sometimes I think that's what shocks people, because this year I've watched I've watched Slavkowski get rocked three or four times. And that's just because the gap coverage is right there. Like you pucks on your stick, your head better be up because there's a guy yeah. coming in to step in and hit you. But it was like, thanks for shedding the light on the goaltending thing. Cause I didn't think about the angles on, I, I've never played on European ice. I wouldn't even have thought about that. Let's talk about Devin Levi now, since Chris is just a wee bit of a Buffalo Sabres fan. And by the way, here's my angry shout out of the week. F U N H L F U. Oh, I wanted to do was watch his opening game i was so stoked i talked about chris it was on the podcast and it was a blackout a regional blackout i'm in arizona how the hell is a game in buffalo being blacked out to me like it goes back to because i even put that on twitter 
You're trying to grow the game always. You're trying to gain interest. Why would you black out that hockey game? That's a game that I guarantee you every Devin Levi fan, any Canadian one to watch because of his performance at the World Juniors. And the NHL blacks it out. Now, just so you know, Fabian, um, I used to subscribe to the NHL NHL Center Ice. I used to subscribe, you know, that, that was where I get the majority of games there. But, of course, they had blackouts then, too. Um, now I have uh, Bally Sports so I can watch the coyotes. I have, geez, like, what are all my subscriptions? I got Hulu Plus for and ESPN to watch those games. And then now I know in the playoffs, I don't even know who's going to be running the playoffs this year. So I'll have to subscribe to another streaming service just to get so I can watch all the, uh, you know, the NHL playoff games. So mm-hmm. as a fan, it's frustrating as all hell because it it should just be you subscribe to one service, divvy out all the money, charge a little bit extra, divvy out all the money to the other networks, because I really could care less about the other programming on the other station, except for Hulu, because it's tied in with Disney and all that, you know, so, but I was so pissed because I wanted to watch that game. And, you know, I can go back and watch it now, but I already know the results. I watched the highlights. Yeah. Devin Levi, that split save you made coming across. <laughs> that, that was a thing insane. of beauty. Oh, that was a thing of beauty. Read it perfectly over and across. And to take them, did that go to overtime or shootout? Just remind me quick. Was it, it, was over, it was overtime, right? It was ended before shootout, so, right? Yeah. But talk about, you know, ice in the veins for your very first start. Going to overtime in your very first start unbelievable so um yeah because we were talking i even talked with my with my roommate about this like we we looked it up and we we saw that uh levi is going to start that game and we saw it was going to be against the rangers and Mm -hmm. then my my roommate was just like well you know exactly what the head coach told the told told him right there like basically (laughs) basically f you and your first debut start let's get you let's get you completely roasted but I, I yep. knew that Kate was gonna was gonna stand on his head, uh, obviously, like he did at the World Juniors, like he did for Northeastern. Like he's a he's an amazing goaltender, and he definitely is on the shorter side, uh, like we talked earlier before the recording. But the way that he plays is just so inspirational to me because for me as a shorter goaltender, obviously I'm always looking for new ways to make myself bigger, make myself faster. Just the way that he plays the game, being so strong with his hips when he's down and like that split save kind of thing, but he's always on his edges, no matter how deep his stance are. So that is just a new way for short goalies to to come out and perform. And I do believe that within the next three, four, five, six years, you'll see a lot of people trying to copy Levi. I mean, I know I'm going to try out a few things that I saw what he did against Buffalo. So why not a short goaltender that is growing up and getting told all the time, hey, you're too short for this game. He's going to copy him as well. He's going to be like, no, I'm not. Like he proved to a lot of goaltenders, uh, no matter what age, no matter what height, that it's possible. What, and well, like Nashville has a short, oh, Nashville has that short goalie, and, and no one really yeah. knows about him. Saros, yeah. But yeah, um, and then how yeah, about, was, this, was, how about I, the short guy now for the Vegas Golden Knights that play for the LA Kings? Yeah, uh, Quick's yeah. not exactly a, a huge goalie either. And 
athleticism that's that's what makes me laugh because look how low quick was wait steve you said who (laughs) 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 yeah only only jonathan quick you know not a big deal like that's the whole thing like look how low he went in the draft because people did not want to pick a short goalie and what a career he's at right so if i'm a coach i'm really looking at, at athleticism over or a scout over the size like yeah there is if you can get quicks athleticism into a carry price frame well then i understand or into a ben bishop frame even better right the ability to co- you know to cover the net and it's usually in the nhl it's not the it's not the primary shot that generally beats you it's always the secondary shot right it's the ability to read the puck and get yourself back into position quick still making unbelievable saves chris pointed out like saros is unreal right Going back to Devin Levi there, like talking about his first game for you listeners who are recording this on the 4th of April. But like going back to his first game, just watching his interviews for the Buffalo Sabres thereafter and how excited he was. And when they talked about that that Panarin shot that dropped into the slot and he was like, oh, I so was ready for that. Like he was the, the mentality the mentality of Devin Levi to be excited about a shot from Panarin in the slot. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I brick, but Levi was excited. Le- Levi was so excited to get a shot from Artemi Panarin in the slot. Just to watch his excitement about it. Like the mentality of Devin Levi is incredible. And it was even more interesting to listen to the uh, Buffalo media and for interviewing the head coach Granado after that and be like, what do you feel about his play with that Panarin shot? He's like, oh, I was very excited about his response. As for the rest of the team's playing that, I, that w- I wasn't very happy about the play overall. I was very happy about his save. But as for the play, I know I'm not happy about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I love Granado's response. Like, the play was a complete breakdown. It shouldn't have happened. Panarin shouldn't have been left alone in the slot. But you want a goalie. You want a goalie in the net that's like, bring it on. Bring out Panarin from the slot. I'll stop his ass. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't think Buffalo Sabres fans could be any more excited about that. And yeah, I, I'm Chris, excited. Do you know who's getting the start tonight? Well, it's Tuesday, April 4th. I imagine Levi would, but I don't know. Yeah, I'd be, I hope he does because it's against Florida. And again, what another great match. Oh, no, no. I feel like he will. I feel like against Florida because. Yeah, um, I, think, I don't know. I think Spencer they will Knight, do that, is, yeah. is Spencer Knight back in the lineup or no? I still think he's out. We want to see him get healthy and get back onto the ice here. This is this is Devin Levi's old team. Like we traded away Reinhardt and other assets uh, to get Levi and other assets, and uh, this could be the steal of the century. I'm not gonna lie. I really I really want to see Levi take down Florida. Well, and Florida's got a really good offensive team. Like it's been oh, like, okay. surprising surprisingly, well Barkov has got to be in my opinion Barkov's the good most shot. underrated yeah. player in the NHL. He's essentially the finished version of Patrice Bergeron, right? Guy is so good. And that's why you know looking at the Calgary trade now not knocking Huberto. So if Levi's a net, he's going against a stacked offensive team yet again, which, you know, think about that as a goalie, right? So Fabian, if your first game was against Patrick Kane and Panarin, and then just keep going down the list of the guys stacked on that team, talk about a first test, right? Because Kane's, yeah, I mean, Kane's game has been awakened again. He's playing like Patrick Kane. He's rejuvenated. 
right? So, like, how would you feel if, you know, you just got the call up right now and you were thrown in there? Huh. I, 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 like you said earlier, I think bricks probably. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I know Levi's only like a year or two older than me. So it, it would kind of be in the, in the same age category where we both grew up watching Kane in his prime and everything. Knowing that he's back in that prime on the side with, of Panarin and Tarasenko in that same lineup. Oh, man. I... I'd be up for the challenge, not going to lie. I'd be like, bring it on. That's just, just how my might says. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of thoughts that go through your mind in that moment. But at the end of the day, it's it's exciting, in my opinion, to play against a high-rated team for your start. And let's say you play against uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, not to, to, to push them down any further than they already are. But it's just that's just a huge difference because you can just be like, yeah, the coach wanted to give me a challenge, throw me in against one of the best teams in the league. And I was up for the challenge. I won that instead of saying like, yeah, I mean, I got the start against one of the, the bottom end teams in that year. So in my opinion, that just pushes you even further knowing, okay, it's going to be a big challenge. I'd say it was even comparable for me in my position. Obviously it's a huge difference, but playing coming back from Christmas break and me playing Vegas, as they're, I think they were first seed at that point, at that time. Yeah, um, you were, you played a hell of a series there. Yeah, and I mean, knowing that coming in, those are those are the hot riders um, on the hot seed, knowing that I was going to get put in for that just gave me that extra little push of adrenaline to, to shut them down. I mean, it's, in my opinion, that's just, pushing you helping you actually for your debut than anything else now speaking about goaltenders okay because it's interesting when you brought up the columbus blue jackets right on paper they don't have a bad hockey team right especially if they end up getting bedard (laughs) you know he's going to make a difference on any of the teams he goes on um but you know looking at corpus salo coming across because that was such a controversial move right but Corpus has been on fire in L.A. And it's going to sound terrible. Like, I'm a fan of Quick. But Quick started off on fire this year where I was was praising him. But then his his play just wasn't there with L.A. He's found it again, that, you know, a bit with the Knights. He's had a few off games where he got, I think there was one game he really got blown out. But, you know, I like this mentality now of, hey, if we're going to go forward, because, you know, where this is coming from, so you guys get this, was my Montreal Canadiens were horrible, really horrible about giving contracts to players that didn't that were past their prime because, hey, you know, they, they gave their service, so now we're going to give them a bump and pay and do it for four years. Oh, my goodness. It, it hurt us so bad. You know, like right now, I'm a huge Brendan Gallagher fan. He's coming back. He's playing better. But that's a pretty hefty contract over the next five years. I really hope he can stay healthy and bring what he can to the ice. But I understood what they did to Quick. You know, as a Kings fan, I can understand where they would be so angry. But now with the way Corpus Salo is playing, I would like to find out from those Quick fans that were like getting ready to write off the team. Now, again, I'll go back to this because the same thing happened to Shane Doan. How they how the trade went through was absolute garbage. You can't take one of your franchise players that's gotten you a couple of cups, been through surgeries and hell and back for you and just let him learn that he's being traded, you know, through Instagram or Twitter. Like that's not okay. Like that's total, yeah, total Bush league. 
you don't do crap like that. The same thing happened to Shane Doan, you know, here in Arizona. And thankfully that GM is now uh, no longer with the organization. I like what they did, though. They saw that they could compete for a cup and they said, we really need to upgrade our goaltending spot. And Corpus Ellis contract is at 1.3 million, right? So yeah, they basically did them, nothing. Yeah, and that's it. Now they got two goaltenders at 1.3. Copley's at eight point is at 8.25 right now. He'll be almost doubling his salary next year, but still, it's next to nothing compared to the salary cap, right? And yeah. Corpus Allo, I feel bad for the goalies that were there in Columbus because that play just it's got, you know the play of the team in front of them just got to kill you. Right, because yeah, everybody Sickens, thought. Yeah, Sickens is an amazing goalie too. He's just not getting the chance he he deserves. I mean, he the the last couple seasons that he can do it. No, no, exactly it. And so you know, they everybody thought L.A. was nuts for bringing in Corpus Salo, but you know he's now got a good defensive system around him, a very good defensive system around him, right? So. So again, I appreciate what they did there. This, you know, switching of the goalies for quick, but great on quick for now. Hey, he's back in the playoff contention. I really hope to see L.A. versus uh, the Golden Knights because I think that will be awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, sorry for deviating on that path, but you know, again, good, good on Jonathan Quick rising up to the challenge and refining his game a bit with the Golden Knights. Who, the truth is, both those teams are really, really good, right? Both of the L.A. and it, it pains me to say it. Both L.A. and the Golden Knights are good teams. Going back to the goaltending thing with you that you were talking about, Fabian, the athleticism, I really do hope to see Quick pull it out. I really do. I hope they go head-to-head and the Golden Knights can uh, send the L.A. Kings packing. Now back to something else that we were joking about early. Uh, I was talking about my days of playing in Sault Ste. Marie where I was a really young goaltender thinking I was pretty good. And then... A guy named Dan Cluche came on the scene, and then we were joking about how, because uh, the anniversary of that fight <laughs> between him and the New York Islanders, I think that was yesterday. That was the anniversary of the brawl with Dan Cluche. I watched him play on the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, and you know this is back when I still consider myself a pretty good goalie. And then I watched Dan Cluche. You know, it was almost like he was just toying with them out there, because at that point he was just so good. Uh, when he was brought up to the World Juniors, just as a side note. Like a lot of people were shocked because, again, you don't have the there was no Internet back then still. Right. So unless you were only strictly watching the OHL and he came to town, you could see how good he was. So they were shocked when he made, um, you know, Team Canada. But his athleticism was amazing. Like I wa- remember watching him drop into the splits, pushing away from the shot and throw up his glove hand to catch it, really not even looking at it. And when I saw him do that, I went. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to the NHL. <laughs> it's never ever gonna happen. Because I just went. I, I I'm not that good. Like he was just levels above, and then went out to the World Juniors and proved it. Like I said, his only downfall was his temper. <laughs> just a wee bit, challenging a whole bench. <laughs> well, I have the I have the Sammy Sallow Utah Grizzlies jersey, so poor Sammy. I love that. I, th- I think he's I think he'll healing up from those punches, poor guy. And as I'm saying this, I'm laughing at a goalie <laughs> fight. I do have it right beside my monitor: Hextall versus Podvin. Still one of my favorite Snow goalie versus fights of all Shields. time. Snow versus Shields, baby. I watched it last night. When I need to feel good, I watch Snow versus Shields. <laughs> 
I love the Podfin coming out though, because everybody thought he was gonna get his his ass handed to him and just beat up. Yeah, that, that one's a beaut. That one's a beaut. Yeah, he took it to him and just yeah, stayed right in there. So, Fabian, we want to thank you again, the now ex goalie for not only Lake Tahoe Lakers but the Fresno Monsters for jumping on with us again today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's it's a blast like always. No, it's a blast having you on, Fabian, and we'll have you on again. And we we can't wait to figure out where you end up actually signing next year. But we want to thank all of you for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also, follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at PHH Official, or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners. Always clear crease.